Goshen was taken care of. Goshen was protected. Goshen was kept safe. Even with the last plague, the plague of death, he says, as long as you are under the blood, okay? <laughs> as long as you are under the blood, <laughs> then you have my protection. And so that's why I believe it was important for us to still meet. That's why I believe it's important for us to still gather and assemble. There is no shade to any other church or any other person. I believe everybody has to be led by the Lord. And if they felt the Lord was telling them not to have service, then they need to be obedient to the Lord. But God didn't tell me that, okay? He didn't tell me to close our doors. I think we need to be meeting all the more because it is the presence of Almighty God that makes all the difference in the world. The Bible says this, unless God builds your city, <laughs> no matter what you do, those that labor, labor in, in vain. Unless God watches over your city, those who stay awake do so in vain. So I don't care what it is that you are doing. If God is not keeping you, if God is not watching over you, all that you are doing is in vain anyway. So we come to call upon the name of the Lord. We come to call down his presence in this place. We come to call down his power and his protection and his provision and his peace that we may endure the things that this world is faced with at this time. That's why we are here today. And that's why we will continue to worship and praise almighty God. I'm going to read to you Psalm 91. And before I read Psalm 91, I want to let you know and understand what this is and what this is not. Okay. Psalm 91 is not some hocus pocus spell that we can just read or pray over you and now you're going to be protected. Christians get sick, okay? Christians get viruses. We get the cold. We get the flu. We get cancer. Christians are not immune to those things. Paul had uh, something wrong with him because he says there was a thorn in his flesh. So he had an infirmity in his body. He told Timothy to drink a little wine for the infirmity in his stomach. So Christians do get sick. We're not saying read this or hear this and you won't ever get sick. That's not what Psalm 91 is about, I believe. I believe Psalm 91 is a reminder of God's power, a reminder of God's sovereignty over all things. And it is to give us comfort and peace of knowing that as long as our lives are in the hands of Almighty God, whatever comes to us has to first go through him. <laughs> he has to first allow it as Job. As Job, Satan had to go to God and get permission to attack Job's life. So that's what Psalm 91 is all about. It's not to say that Christians don't get sick or we're not susceptible to sickness. No, it is simply to let us know, God, we trust in you. God, we trust in your power. We trust in your sovereignty over all things. And so we don't need to fear. We don't need to worry. We don't need to doubt. We don't need to do anything but simply rest in your hands. That is what Psalm 91 is about. It is God's worry-free guarantee. It is God's worry-free guarantee. So I'm going to read this over you and to you, and then we're going to pray for the needs of our people in our city, our state, our nation, and even our world before we begin to worship and praise Almighty God. This is what Psalm 91 says. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
God wants to bring rest to you today. He wants to bring peace to you today. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers under his wings. You will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe it with your eyes and see the punishment of wicked, of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and on the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Thus says the Lord. I want to pray today. I want to pray for those who have already lost loved ones. I want to pray for those who have already been diagnosed with this virus. I want to pray for those who are fearful and worried and, and, and losing their mind over these things. And I want to pray for the church of God, the true church of God, to rise up in this time. This is our finest hour for the church to rise up and to exemplify and express what we've been preaching. These are not just cliches. These are not just words we use in a church service. We believe it enough to apply it to everyday life. Whatever we are faced with. So I want to pray for that at this time. And then we're going to spend time in the presence of God worshiping him. Is that okay? Let us pray. Father, we call you upon your name. And we call you upon your word. We are not telling you to do anything that you haven't already obligated yourself to do. As we pray and call you upon your word, we are simply telling you right back what you have told us. That you love us, you are for us, and if you are for us, who or what can stand against us and prevail? You have already said that no weapon that has been formed and fashioned against us will be able to prosper. You already said that the church you build, the gates of hell will not be able to prevail over it. You've already told us that the battle belongs to you. And you are with us. You will never leave us nor forsake us. So in you we trust. In you we look to. And in you, God, we call down to be with us, to protect us, and provide all that we need according to your riches and glory. So we ask that you will be with the hurting right now who has lost loved ones all over this world. May they too call upon your name. 
May you reveal yourself to them that you may comfort their broken heart and bring healing and restoration to their heart, mind, and soul. That they may know and understand the peace that they can have in you. And we pray for everyone who's already been diagnosed with this disease and virus. That as they look to you, just like they looked to the serpent on the pole and they were cured, they were healed. I pray in the same way they will look to you who hung on the cross, who bore all of our sicknesses and all of our infirmities. As we look to you and the finished work of the cross, may we too receive your healing power. And I pray, God, for everyone who is fearful, everyone who is afraid. May we know and understand that your presence makes all the difference in the world. And as long as you are with us, there is no one and there is nothing who can ever come against us and prevail. So lastly, I pray for the church. I pray that we will rise up and be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. As the Bible says, we should be able to give an answer for the hope that we have. And right now we want to rise up to give an answer for the hope that we have in you, regardless of anything we face in this life, in this world. So help your true church to rise up and to give the answer for the hope that we have. And now I pray for this church. I pray for these people here who have assembled in your name and who have come to the altar of God. I pray that you will manifest your power and manifest your presence through your Holy Spirit at this time. And you will just allow a wave of your hand to wash over us and to give us comfort and peace and joy knowing that we are protected in your hands. That in order for anything to come to us, it first has to go through you. And because of that, God, we can find rest For our weariness, we can find comfort and peace for all of our sorrows. So be glorified in this place today. Be glorified in the midst of your people today. And as praises go up to you, may your glory and blessing come down. These things we pray in the powerful and precious name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said together, amen. Let's pray over God's word today and then we will receive it. Lord, we bless your holy name and thank you, yes, for another year you've given us to rejoice and to be glad in, but also to live for you. And in order for that to be possible, we have to be equipped thoroughly with your word and by your spirit for every good work you've called and purposed us to do. So that's why we have meet, uh, are meeting right now and gathering your name, that we may now receive instruction and insight from you. So as we open up your word, may you open up our eyes, our ears, our minds, our hearts to receive it with gladness and understanding for our good and your glory. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I am going to be turning 45, and I guess you can do the math. I was born in the 70s, uh, but I grew up in the 80s, and I peaked in the 90s, okay? Uh, But I I think back to to probably the late 80s, there was a particular song, a particular album, it was a particular movement that came about in the late 80s, and it was a song called We Are the World. Anybody remember that song? 
We are the world. And what it was, it was a humanitarian effort to try to aid the the hunger crisis, not only in Africa, but even on our streets in the United States as well. And so what they did was they brought all of these artists and performers together. I believe uh, Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson wrote the song. Quincy Jones uh, uh, produced the song. But you had all kinds of different artists who came together from Harry Belafonte to Cyndi Lauper to, um, uh, who else, Uh, Stevie Wonder and Diana Ross and and all kinds of people. The boss, I believe, was in there. All kinds of different people. They came together to sing this song. And I believe it was uh, symbolic because what they were saying, if we are able to come all together, not only um, based on our music, whether you're a pop singer or R&B or country or hip hop, or whatever it is, if we can all come together, we want to be able to express that so that all the world may come together. That is what they were saying by that song. By singing, we are the world, they were saying, we are the world. Because we only have one world and therefore the one world ought to be one. So what is happening in Africa? What is taking place on Skid Row in the streets of even the United States? It's happening to all of us because we are the world. That is in essence what the song was all about. Now there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. (laughs) There is nothing wrong with that. Unity is a good thing. Coming together is a good thing. Caring for one another and being concerned and compassionate and considerate of one another, that's a good thing. There is no one who can argue against that. As a matter of fact, the problem I believe, one of the problems we have right now in our own country is the division that we have right now. This is a divisive nation now. We have gone from being the United States of America to the divided states of America. I mean, we're split right down the middle, 50-50. And because of that, of course, it brings about a lot of problems and issues, and it would be great if we can just all get together and come together. So wouldn't it be great if we could do that for peace, for prosperity, and for the sake of all kind? Or as Rodney King said, it can't we all just get along? <laughs> it would be great if we could all just come together as one and get along. Well, this is going to be the theme of the 70th week of Daniel. For those of y'all who are joining us, you, you haven't been here. We're studying the book of Daniel and end time prophecy. And we're talking specifically now about the 70th week or the last seven-year period that this world will face and see before Jesus Christ comes back and he returns. And this is going to be the theme of the 70th week of Daniel, this unity or this getting together as one. After the rapture of the righteous and after the coalition of these ten kings and after the reveal, the rise, and the rule of the Antichrist, And after the establishment of this unholy cabinet that we talked about last week, the next events that will happen and take place will be peace on earth. (laughs) You're all confused? (laughs) The Antichrist has come on scene now. He has been revealed and he has risen to power. He has established his unholy trinity uh, of the, his father, Satan, 
himself the Antichrist and the false prophet. And so the very next event that is going to happen is the establishment of peace on earth. And if you are confused or if that sounds familiar, there's a reason for that. Remember what we said last week. Satan is that great imitator. (laughs) Satan is that great imitator. He is not creator. He was created, and therefore he has to imitate God because he will never be God. And so what he will do is he will take the things of God and he will twist them. He will take the things of God and he will distort them. He will take the things of God and he will pervert them. And this is no exception to that. He is also going to take peace on earth and twist it or pervert it for his own welfare or benefit. In John 14, 27, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John 14, 27. Notice what Jesus says about peace. Jesus says this to his disciples in John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you. But watch this. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. In other words, Jesus here makes a distinction between the peace of God and the peace of this world. He says, I'm going to leave you peace, but make no mistake about it, this is my peace. (laughs) This is the peace that comes from above. This is the peace that comes from, from heaven. This is my peace. This is godly peace. This is not the peace of this world. So there is a difference, there is a distinction between the peace of God and the peace that comes from this world. God makes that distinction. Well, when the Antichrist comes on scene and he establishes his governance and his cabinet, the very next thing he's going to do is bring peace on earth. But it will be a perverted peace. It will be a pseudo peace. It will be a peace that will establish what is known as a new world order. Now, if you've studied eschatology or biblical prophecy, you may have heard about that before. This new world order that is coming. This new system that will be established and that will take place in this 70th week of Daniel. And this new world order will be a one world order. Just like the song, We Are the World, just like the artists and performers who came together for a cause, it is going to happen globally, worldwide, where you're going to have this new world order, which will be a one world order. Meaning, the Antichrist is going to bring the entire world under one. That is, under one ruler with one resource and one religion. (laughs) These three things are going to be one when the Antichrist establishes this new world order. The whole world will be under one ruler, under one resource, and under one religion. Or as we said last week, in order to control the whole world, You don't have to control the whole world. You just got to control what controls the whole world. (laughs) 
And to control the whole world, you've got to control these three fears. The political world, the financial world, and the spiritual world. If you control those three things, you control everything and everybody. Well, this is what the Antichrist is going to do when he comes to power. He is going to be able to control the whole world by controlling these three things. So he's going to bring the entire world under this new world order, which is the one world order, where the entire world is going to be under one ruler, one resource, and one religion. It will be a pseudo-peace, however. Not only because it won't last, this peace that he is going to bring is going to be a pseudo-peace because it's not going to last, but it's also a pseudo-peace because it's going to be peace at a price. <laughs> this peace that he is going to bring on earth, this oneness that he is going to bring on earth is going to be peace, but it's going to be peace at a price. And it's going to be a price, if you are here, you don't want to pay. <laughs> you are not going to want to pay this price in order to have this peace that he is going to bring to this world. But remember, it's for the purpose of making mankind one. So this next installment of our series, The, the Seal Revealed, this is part six of that series, and we're going to simply entitle it One World. Okay? One World. Now, last week we told you or we looked at the one ruler, the Antichrist, who's going to come from this coalition of ten kings or countries or nations. They're going to control the entire world, and then all of a sudden, one is going to rise up out of obscurity. He's going to rise up out of nowhere. He's going to subdue three, take them out by the root, and he is going to come to power. And so when he does that, when that happens, this one is going to rise out of these ten kings, he is going to be the sole ruler of the entire world. He is going to control the world by controlling that which controls the world. And Satan's kingdom, you have to know this and understand this, Satan's kingdom is already governed. Satan's kingdom is already established. We know this by Ephesians 6.12. Ephesians 6.12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. When the Bible uses the word principalities and powers and rulers, it is talking about organization. It is talking about administration. Any kingdom is organized. God's kingdom is organized. That's why he doesn't just have angels. He has cherubim. He has seraphim. He has archangels. Why? Because God's kingdom is organized. Just like the military where you have generals and lieutenants and captains and, and privates, kingdoms are organized. And just like God's kingdom is organized and governed, Satan's kingdom is organized and governed. He too has principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. But what he is currently doing in the spiritual realm during the 70th week, he's going to do in the earthly realm. He is going to establish his governance here on earth and it is going to be ran by one ruler. As we said last week, how in the world is one man going to rule the whole world? 
How is one man going to rule everybody? Well, I believe technology will play a role in his ruling. Technology is going to play a role in There are things in the Bible, things that were predicted or prophesied that would have been literally impossible to take place up until now. Okay? For example, the Bible prophesies that during this 70 week of Daniel, there are going to be two witnesses who are going to come and still preach the gospel, still preach Jesus Christ. These two witnesses are going to be a thorn in the side of the Antichrist because they're going to try and kill these two witnesses. They're going to try and take them out, but they won't be able to. But finally, they're going to be able to kill these two witnesses. Their bodies are going to lay dead on the street for three days. And the Bible says, and the whole world will see that. Well, 2,000 years ago when that was written, how many know that's not possible? (laughs) It is not possible for the whole world to be able to see the bodies of these two dead men in the street. But now, 2,000 years later, we have CNN. We have satellite TV. We know exactly how these things will be. So there are a lot of things in, in prophecy. There are a lot of things in the Bible that were literally impossible to happen up until now. So I believe in the same way, technology is going to play a major role in how this one world ruler is going to rule all of the world. How might that be? Well, there are things that have been given to us for our comfort, (laughs) for our ease, okay, out of convenience. But while these things have been given to us to comfort us, they can also be used to control us. Okay? Anybody remember back in elementary, Officer Friendly? <laughs> Anybody remember Officer Friendly? You had this officer who came to your school and they talked about drugs and they talked about kidnapping and stranger danger and all kinds of things there. But then at the very end, they said, and now we're going to take your fingerprints. <laughs> Remember that? (laughs) We're going to take your fingerprints. That way, if ever you are lost, if ever you are kidnapped, we will be able to find you. And that may be true. I'm not taken away from that. They could have used our fingerprints for that if we were kidnapped. But guess what else they can use our fingerprints for? (laughs) If we commit a crime. (laughs) Guess what? We're already in the system. So y'all didn't know they were doing that, did you? (laughs) You're already in the system. Why? We already got your fingerprints, okay? We see that right now. Do you know right now everybody carries with them a tracking device? You know that? (laughs) What is it? (laughs) Your cell phone. (laughs) Everybody right now is carrying around with them all day, every day, your cell phone, which is a tracking device. But it was given to us for our comfort. It was given to us for our ease. You don't have to leave your phone on the wall of your house anymore. You can take your phone wherever you want now. And we'll say, well, sign me up. I will take that. (laughs) So I believe these are the ways that tracking uh, or, or technology will be used for this one world ruler to rule everybody. Now on our phones, we have, uh, again, you have to put your fingerprint on it, right? (laughs) Well, let me just go ahead and scan my fingerprint so you can have that. Not only fingerprint, what else can you have to do? Facial recognition. (laughs) Let me go ahead and let you scan my face (laughs) and upload it into your system so you can have it with you, okay? 
Right now, they're saying there is a company that has been saving thousands upon thousands upon thousands of your pictures. Every time you post something online, every time you post something on social media, every time you scan, they have been collecting these things. So wouldn't it be something that the Antichrist says, I'm going to have a system to govern this whole world, and it's going to be able to capture everyone's face as you walk through the streets and know exactly who you are. No, I have your fingerprints already. I have your face already. I'm tracking you already. (laughs) We're putting devices in our house that can listen in on our conversations. Yeah, sign me up for that. Go ahead, give me that device. (laughs) We are already being primed for that. Technology will play a huge role in how this one man is going to rule everybody. So the only way that you can escape this one world ruler is somehow go off the grid, go underground, okay? But that is going to be hard to do because of this second one world thing he is going to establish. And this second one world thing that he is going to establish is this. Not only will you have a one world ruler, but you will also have a one world resource. You're going to have a one world resource or a one world currency or a one world economic system. See, right now you have the dollar and you have the yen and you have the euro and you have the franc and and the ruble. Depending on what nation, depending on what country you're in, that's what you're going to use to spend. Not during the 70th week of Daniel, though. Not doing the same thing. Just like you will have one world ruler, you will also have one world resource, one world currency, one world economic system. This is found in the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 13, you have your Bibles, go to Revelation chapter 13. In Revelation chapter 13, this one world resource or currency is given. The Bible says in Revelation 13, 16, he, speaking of the false prophet who causes all to worship the the first beast, which is the Antichrist, he causes all. (laughs) This is everybody. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a what? A mark. Everybody will receive a mark. Everybody will get a mark either on their right hand, the Bible says, or on their foreheads. And what is this mark for? For a lot of things, but one of the things is for this, verse 17. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark. In other words, you won't be able to walk into H-E-B and get food if you don't have this mark. You won't be able to go in and, and rent an apartment or, or get a hotel room unless you have this mark. You will not be able to buy nor sell anything. You will not be able to function in society. You will not be able to function in this economy or with this currency without receiving this mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. I know we have people 
asking, you know, what is this mark? And we're not there yet. We won't get to it yet. But just know and understand the Antichrist is going to control the world by controlling the currency. The Antichrist is going to control the entire world by controlling the entire economic system. You will not be able to buy nor sell nor do anything without receiving this mark. So like MasterCard, it will be priceless because without it, you will be penniless. (laughs) Okay, how much money in the bank you have without this mark, you are penniless, It will be like Visa because it's everywhere you're going to be. <laughs> no matter what city you go to, no matter what state you go to, no matter what country you go to, it will be there waiting for you. Let me see this mark. And it is like American Express because you won't be able to leave home without this. <laughs> you will not be able to function without receiving this mark. He, this one world ruler will control the one world by controlling the one resource, the mark of the beast. Now, we see this already with the evolution of our currency. The way that we make transactions, even up till today, we've gone from using checks or cash to using checks to using cards, right? And then even our cards have gotten uh, have evolved over time. We went from having to get those prints. Y'all remember those things? Give me your card and they would have to do that to get the imprint. <laughs> we went from that to now strips. We went from strips to now chips. We went from chips to now cell phones. Now all you gotta do is put your phone there, right? Look, we are already being conditioned for this. There is an evolution of this where we're just slowly but surely, one step at a time, getting technology down to all there will be is something on your skin or in your skin. Why would we do this? Okay? I mean, I see, you see maybe commercials already. I see this one commercial when I watch the news. This one uh, father, he's taking his daughter to a museum. And he's showing them all the different things. And what was that for? And what was that for? Well, they eventually get to this one exhibit, and it's a wallet. (laughs) And the little girl is saying, what was that used for? Oh, well, we used to keep all of our information, all of our money in there now. No more of that. He goes to this machine, and he allows it to scan his eye. He puts his hand there. That's all he needs to get on the plane. That's all he needs to, 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 to buy something. We are there. Technology for this is already here, okay? It is already being done. It is already being conducted here. This evolution of currency is just making its way to this final moment when the Antichrist is going to say, this is it. This is the mark everybody must receive in order to function in society, okay? So I believe it will be some type of chip or Barcode, something that will be on your skin or in your skin. We see this with animals. We can chip our animals right now, so if they're ever lost, we can find them. We do this with our military, same reason. They're behind enemy lines or whatever. We can chip uh, people now. Technology is already there for it, but it will be something that is already with you, always. It can't be lost. It can't be stolen. You don't have to worry about identity theft. Why? Because it is with you. And everything is on this chip. 
Not just your financial records, but your medical records, your travel records. You don't have to carry around a passport or worry about losing a passport. Why? It's always on you. Always. And so think of the safety. Think of the ease. Think of the convenience. Think of your kids. No more Amber Alerts. Your phone won't be blowing up anymore with ambulance. Why? Because if somebody kidnaps your kid, we'll be able to track your kid wherever he is. Why? Because they can take their cell phone. They can take any device you have on them, but if it's something that's in the skin, they can't remove that. So this is going to be marketed and advertised as something for safety, for convenience, not realizing that it is also something that is going to control you or those who are here during this time. Now, why would everybody go along with this? Why in the world would everybody in the world go along with this? Well, we can ask the same question today. Why are you now going along with it? Why are we already going along with it? You know, you put a new app on your phone or you update your phone, they give you a laundry list of things that you're agreeing to. Do you read that? Ah, I don't need to read that. Let me just hit I agree so I can go ahead and get my ease. (laughs) Let me hit I agree so I can go ahead and get my convenience, my comfort. I don't need to read all that. They could be asking for your firstborn, a kidney, you wouldn't even know. (laughs) We are already doing that. Why? As long as it makes our lives better, as long as it makes our lives easier and more convenient, sign me up. Sign me up. Scan my face, sure, why not? Scan it, scan it. Take my fingerprints, why not? There you go. We're already conditioned to receiving this. All these things are for the sake of convenience, of ease, and of comfort. And just like we're doing it now, those who are here during the seventh week of Daniel, they will do it then as well. This one world leader or ruler will rule the world by ruling the one world resource the mark of the beast. Now remember, all of this is for the sake of unity. This is a lamb who is really a dragon. This is the beauty who is really a beast. So he's not going to come out and say, I'm going to control y'all by doing this. That's not what he's going to say. All of this is going to be for the sake of unity and peace. We got to bring the world together. We got so much division and so much strife and so much fighting and so much war going on. All of these things are going to help us become better together and oneness and unity. That is how this is going to be sold. That is how it's going to be marketed and advertised. So because of that reason, not only will you have one world ruler and one world resource, you also have one world religion. During this time, during the 70th week of Daniel, you will also have one world religion. You say, wait a minute, how can that be? <laughs> I was with you with the ruler, I was with you with the currency and then the resource, but how can there be one religion? Do you know how many thousands of different religions we have today? How in the world can we have one religion? Well, it won't be the same religion It'll just be the same conclusion. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. We'll still have all these different religions that are out there. It won't be the same religion. It'll be the same conclusion. And that conclusion is everybody's right. Everybody's right. 
No matter who you worship, no matter who your God is, no matter what you say, no matter what your doctrine is, no matter how you believe, no matter how you live your life, it doesn't matter. Everybody is right. It won't be the same religion. It will be the same conclusion. You see, the reason why there are so many different religions now, the reason why there are so many different denominations within a religion is because we all have different beliefs. That is why one church branched off into other churches because somebody had a different belief. (laughs) And so because they had a different belief, they branched off into another denomination or another religion. So this is why we have so many different religions, so many different denominations, because we have so many different beliefs. But it is the beliefs that divide us. It is the differences that divide us or separate us. And that is because of this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Truth by definition is exclusive. Truth by definition is always exclusive. If I say this shirt that I have on is blue, okay, that excludes it from being any other color. It can't be red, it can't be green, it can't be pink, it can't be any other color because the truth of the matter is this shirt that I'm wearing is blue. Truth will always exclude. And when you bring the truth, it by definition is going to exclude what isn't true. And that's why Christianity is both inclusive but also exclusive. Y'all know that? (laughs) Christianity is both inclusive as well as exclusive. Well, how is it inclusive? It's inclusive because God says, whosoever wills, let him come. (laughs) Whosoever wills, let him come. So it is all inclusive because God is willing to take anybody and everybody. Whosoever wills, let him come. If you are willing to believe, if you're willing to trust in him, God says, come on. So Christianity is all inclusive. But at the same time, it is also exclusive. (laughs) Because even though you can come like you are, you cannot come like you want. (laughs) With Christianity... (laughs) You can come like you are, sinful and all, bad habits and all, past and all, everything wrong with you, you can come like you are to Christ, but you cannot come like you want, which makes it exclusive. Well, I want to come to God, but I want to come and keep my sin. Nope, can't do that. God says you need to repent of your sin. You need to forsake your sin. So you can come like you are, but you cannot come like you want. (laughs) I want to come to God uh, through Buddha. Can't come through Buddha. Why? Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. (laughs) So you can't come through Buddha. (laughs) Can't come through Mohammed. Can't come through Mary. Can't come through anybody but Jesus. So while it is inclusive, you can come. It is exclusive because God tells you exactly how you need to come. You need to come through through believing. You need to come through repentance. You need to come through Jesus Christ and him alone. If you are not willing to do that, you cannot come. Therefore, Christianity is both inclusive 
and exclusive all at the same time. Why? Because that's what truth does. Truth always excludes. Truth will always divide because there are certain things and people out there who are not true. And so how you're going to have this one religion is simple. The Antichrist is going to come on scene and say, now that we've gotten all those divisive Christians out of the way, <laughs> because it's the Christians who bring the truth, right? It's the Christians who saying, thus says the Lord, and this is how we are to live our lives, and this is what God's word says. It's the Christians who bring truth, and so therefore it's the Christians who are divisive. It's the Christians who are exclusive because they are bringing truth. We are bringing truth, and the world does not want to hear that. And so the Antichrist is going to come on scene. He says, now that we've gotten those divisive Christians out of the way, <laughs> now that those divisive people are gone, we're going to bring this world together as one. We're going to bring everybody together under this one religion, and the name of this religion is simple. It will be the religion of inclusion. The religion of inclusion where everybody is right. No matter what you believe, no matter the God you worship, no matter how you live your life, no matter, everybody is right. The doctrine of this religion will be don't judge. Eh? <laughs> That would be the doctrine. <laughs> Don't judge me, okay? Live and let live. You stay out of my business. I'm going to stay out of your business. Do not judge me for anything. Don't judge my lifestyle. Don't judge my choices. Don't judge the decision that I make. The doctrine of this one world religion will be don't judge. The hymn they will sing is born this way, okay? That will be the hymn of this religion, <laughs> This is how I am. This is who I am. This is how God made me. So get out of my face about it if you don't like it. I was born this way. So don't judge will be their doctrine. The hymn will be born this way. The message will be my truth so that everybody can be. Right now, you don't hear a lot about the truth. You hear a lot about my truth. Well, this is my truth. And my truth may not be your truth, and your truth may not be my truth, but that's okay. We can both be true. Wrong! We all can't be true. <laughs> we all can't be right. <laughs> if we're all going in different directions, we all can't be right and get into the same goal. But this will be the message of this one world religion. They will be uh, uh, promoting my truth. Regardless if it's the truth, that's beside the point. <laughs> no, it's my truth. If, if I want it to be true, then it's true, and you can't say anything about it. That is what this one world religion will be, and it will be under the banner of coexist. Coexist. Y'all seen the, those bumper stickers already, right? They have coexist. And it's spelled out with all the different world religions. You have the crescent moon from Muslims, Islam, that gives you the C. Then you have the, the uh, O in a peace sign, right, for all the Mother Earth lovers, right? We've got to put you in there. 
Then you have the E with, with the male and the female sign together. You have the star of David for the X for the Jews. You have the I that is dotted with a pentagram for Wicca or all you witches out there. You have the yin yang for the S. And then at the very end, you got a cross for the T, Christians. And what they are saying is everybody is right. Wrong. Everybody cannot be right. Everybody can't be right. Everybody can't be true. If Jesus Christ says, I am the door, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me, and you're not saying that, we both can't be right. We, somebody's got to be wrong. <laughs> but in this one world religion, nobody's wrong. In this one world religion, Everybody is right. Everybody has a right to their own truth. Everybody can believe what they want to believe, and nobody will say anything about it. So, yes, you will still have all these thousands of religions that you have, but no one will be getting in the other's way. You can believe that as long as you're sincere, as long as you're honest, as long as you're genuine, as long as you're a good person, as long as you contribute to society. That's all we're worried about. We don't want to be all divisive. We don't want to be all exclusive. We don't want to divide people up. So, yeah, go ahead and believe what you believe in. Let me believe what I'm going to believe in. It's going to be under the guise of bringing the world together. <laughs> bringing the world together as one. And they will even hit you with this because they say it even today. Isn't this what God would want anyway? Isn't this what God would want? Wouldn't he want us to love one another and be at peace with one another and have unity with one another? Isn't this what Jesus would want and what Jesus would do? You know, a few uh, Wednesdays ago, I was, I was telling the group that was here, you know, I never like that phrase, what would Jesus do? WWJD. I never liked that. And the reason why I never liked that is because it causes you to have to guess what Jesus would do. No, you don't need to guess what Jesus did because Jesus did it already. He did a lot of things. So instead of saying, what would Jesus do? You should say, what did Jesus do? Okay. <laughs> Okay, go back to the scripture, go back to see what Jesus said, what Jesus did, and you can uh, apply it to whatever situation in your life. So what did Jesus do or what did Jesus say about this peace on earth? Well, let me take you to it. Matthew 10, 34. In Matthew 10, 34, Jesus is going to speak to his disciples and he's going to tell you exactly how he feels about peace on earth. He says in Matthew 10, 34, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. <laughs> well, wait a minute. I mean, we sing that song every Christmas, right? <laughs> peace on earth, goodwill toward men. <laughs> what do you mean, Jesus, you didn't come to bring peace on earth? He said, don't get it twisted. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. That's not why I came, Jesus says. I did not come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I came to divide. 
He says, for I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. That's what Jesus said. So you don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to say, well, I just feel this is how Jesus would want things. I just think if Jesus were here, this is how. No, he tells you exactly how he feels about it. I did not come to bring peace on earth. I came to bring truth on earth. And truth will always divide. Truth will always exclude. I have come to bring truth on earth. Jesus is the prince of peace. He will bring peace on this earth eventually, but only when he comes back to this earth. This is not why God came. This is not why Jesus Christ came to bring peace on earth. He came to bring truth to this earth that we may receive the peace that he brings. You know, everybody is looking for a utopia. Everybody is looking forward to and hoping for a paradise of some sort. A place of peace, a place of prosperity, a place of tranquility for all. And so because everybody is looking for a place like that, everybody is looking for a Messiah who will bring that. Everybody. The Jews right now, they're waiting for the first Messiah to come because they missed the first Messiah. Right now, they're they're waiting for their Messiah because they're waiting for utopia. They're waiting for a, a place of peace and paradise. The Muslims right now, they're waiting for the 12th Imam, their Messiah, who they feel is going to come and establish this euphoria or this utopia or this paradise. Everybody wants peace on earth or paradise, and so therefore everybody is looking for a Messiah who will give it to them. And for many, the one that they will turn to and look to is the Antichrist. The Antichrist will be the one who will offer this peace on earth. He will be the one who will offer this unity. I mean, you guys are so divided. Aren't y'all tired of that? Let's just all come together. Let's all get along. Let's all get out of each other's way and each other's hair. Let's let's go ahead and establish this one world uh, uh, system that will bring everybody together. He will bring peace on earth. But it will be peace at a price. It will be peace at a price because it will be a pseudo peace. It will be a peace that will not last and it will be a peace that will lead to their destruction. Listen, you don't hear anything else. Hear this. Peace should never trump truth. Never. Peace should never trump truth. You have so many people who say, you know, well, I know the Bible says this. I know God wants this, but I just got so much peace about it. <laughs> I just got peace in my heart about this, so I got to feel it's right for me to do it because I have this peace. Never mind, it's against what God said. Never not mind, it's against it's biblical principle. You, I just got peace, so 
I, I think it's right for me to do it because I have peace. No, peace should never trump truth. <laughs> because if it does, it is peace that will not last. It will be temporary at best and fatal at worst. We are not to pursue peace. That's not what we're to pursue. We are to pursue truth. <laughs> and when we pursue truth, peace will follow. Peace is a byproduct. Peace is not the end goal. It's a byproduct. That's what we get when we pursue truth. There was a particular cult leader. I'm young or old, but I, I'm not that old where I remember him, so I had to research him a little bit. <laughs> But a cult leader named Jim Jones. Anybody remember Jim Jones? <laughs> if you want a glimpse of what the Antichrist will be, if you want a glimpse of what the Antichrist will do, just research and study any cult leader. Because they all go by the same playbook. They're going to try and win the affection of the people they are leading by doing something worthy and doing something good. And research tells me that Jim Jones, he won the hearts of many by being for social injustices and racial inequalities and uh, economic in inconsistencies. All these things that were in society, he would come against, and that's how he was able to win this entire following to follow him. And they would end up following him even to their death as he led hundreds to drink poison Kool-Aid. <laughs> Why? Because they were looking for peace. No, it doesn't matter if he's true or not. No matter what he's saying, no matter if it's right or not, we just want peace. We just want unity. We just want to come together, and if this is the man who's going to do it, let me follow him. The world has already seen this. It is not too far-fetched to believe that this is going to happen worldwide because the world has already seen this time and time again. Listen, we all want to be unified. There's nothing wrong with that. We all want to be at peace. There's nothing wrong with that. But the question is, under who? The question is, under what? You know, this nation was built to be one nation under God. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's in there for a reason. They didn't say we just want to be one nation because they knew they had to be under something or someone. It says, no, we want to be one nation who's under God. <laughs> we want to be one nation under God. And so if peace is not under truth, it's not worth being under. I don't care who is offering it to you. I don't care what they are offering you. I don't care what unity, what tranquility, what peace they are offering you. If the peace they are offering you is not under truth, it is not worth you being under. It is pseudo-peace. It is temporary at best and deadly at worst. But this is what the Antichrist will do. So as I said before, and I will continue to say, I don't believe we will be here. But again, we don't have to wait for this to come because it's already happening. Our world right now is already being conditioned for this, for the one world ruler, for the one world uh, resource, and for the one world religion. It is already being conditioned. You can see it in society. You can see it in the news. You can see it in entertainment, how people talk. You can see it happening already. 
The only difference is it's going to happen uh, systematically worldwide when the Antichrist comes on scene. So my challenge to you and God's challenge to all of us in here today is that we would seek truth. And we will not exchange truth for peace or unity or harmony with anything or anyone. It is temporary at best and deadly at worst. Amen? Man, give the Lord a hand for his word today, if you will. It's called One World, okay? Because that's what is coming. But like I said, Satan is just that imitator. The time is going to come when the true prince of peace will come back to this earth. <laughs> the true prince of peace will come back to this earth and he will establish true unity and true peace and true tranquility for all who are there because it will be under him and he is true. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, he says. And so that day is coming. So we don't have to settle for something like it now. We don't have to trade that for something like it now. No, we have to make sure and understand that the true prince of peace is coming. He is going to establish this utopia, this paradise, this peace on earth when he comes. And I'm willing to wait for that. I'm not willing to trade that for this pseudo peace that I can get right now. And certainly not what's going to happen during the seventh week of Daniel. And so as we close in prayer and give you a time to pause and to ponder and to reflect on these particular things, I want you to think about not the 70th week of Daniel, because we're not there yet. Think about your life right now. Think about the condition of our world and the condition of our society right now. And think about how we are so susceptible to receiving any peace, any unity, any comfort, any ease, any convenience, no matter the sake or the cost of it. And then ask yourself, if I were here, and if the Antichrist came on scene and offered all this to me, would I take it? Would I accept it? Would I accept the mark so that I may be able to function in society? All you have to do is look at your life now and see what you're already willing to do for the sake of truth. Now you, like myself, I function in this world. I function in this society. I have a cell phone. My fingerprint is in there, just like y'all. But I am not willing to forego truth for anything of this world. If you come to me and you say you need to forego truth, the word of God, in order to receive this, no thank you. You can keep that. You can have that. <laughs> but if you are not there yet, and you know you're not there yet, could it be because you are not found in Christ? Could it be because you've never been born again? Could it be because you've never received the Spirit of God? Could it be because you've never allowed him to take that heart of stone out and put in a heart of flesh where you can receive his presence? How do you act and react when things like the coronavirus is happening or taking place in our world? 
If this is how we act with this, can you imagine what will take place during the seventh week of Daniel, okay? If we are losing our minds and buying up all the toilet paper for this, okay, can you imagine (laughs) how people are going to be at that time? (laughs) But how will you be is the question. Well, how are you now? How are you now? Are you at peace? Are you calm? Are you at rest? Are you trusting in the Savior's arms? Because you know your life is in his hands. And even though you live in a world full of chaos, inside you have the peace of God in you. Inside you have the perfect peace in you. Because that's what Jesus Christ said. He said, yes, in this world you will have trials. In this world you will have tribulation. But he said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I've overcome everything already. (laughs) And he prefaced that. He prefaced that by saying this. I am telling you this so that in me you may have what? Peace. (laughs) I'm telling you this so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have chaos. But as long as you're in me and I'm in you, you'll have peace. I invite you to receive Jesus Christ at this time as your Lord and as your Savior. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, if you've never turned from your sin, turned from the way and the direction that you were going, and gone to Jesus Christ the cross in his kingdom, you've never asked him to forgive you of all of your sin and to cleanse you of all of unrighteousness and to come in and to dwell in you and to make you all over again, that he may bring you the peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that doesn't even make sense. People right now are talking about us. I can't believe y'all are meeting today. I can't believe y'all are meeting and having church today. No, this is peace that surpasses understanding. You can't get it. You don't understand it. (laughs) Because you got to be in it to understand it. (laughs) You got to be in it to get it. (laughs) That is what God is offering us today. So if you are here today, you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never received this peace that surpasses all understanding. Receive him now. Receive him now while you can. Is there anybody here you would raise your hand and say, I want to receive Jesus Christ for the very first time. I want to receive my Lord and my Savior. I've never done that. I've never repented of my sin. I've never turned from my ways. I've never received him. I've played church. I've gone to church. I've prayed from time to time. But I've never truly surrendered my life and my all to him. And I want to do that for the very first time today. Is there anybody like that here today? Everybody is good. Amen. Amen. Well, this is our job then. Our job is to go out of this church and into a lost and dying world and give an answer for the hope that we have. When somebody asks us, I can't believe you went to church today. (laughs) I can't believe you went and assembled in a public facility today. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. Be ready to give an answer for why you're not freaking out, why you're not losing your mind, why you're not buying up all the toilet paper, why you're not going crazy, okay? Now, unless you're not doing it. If you're doing that, okay, keep your mouth shut, okay? (laughs) But if you have this peace, (laughs) 
Be willing to share this. Give an answer for the hope that you have to a lost and dying world who doesn't know him. That is my challenge to you today. Will you stand with me? Receive the blessing or the benediction of the Lord. Our benediction comes from 1 Thessalonians 5.3. 1 Thessalonians 5.3 that gives this dire warning. It says, for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. They will have a time of pseudo-peace and pseudo-unity and pseudo-tranquility. That is until all of a sudden, death and destruction will come upon them. And they shall not escape it. But now God speaks to us. He says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should not overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. May we awake into the reality of the day we're living in. Church, it is time for us to wake up. It is time for us to be vigilant. It's time for us to be sober-minded. Let us wake up and awaken to the reality that we're in and know that this is the church's finest hour for our light to shine and for truth to prevail. So may we never settle, may we never be sold a bill of goods for the promise of peace. May that never happen to us. Lift your hands to the heavens, receive the blessing of benediction, and we will let you go. Father, we thank you so much for your peace that comes with your presence. And we thank you, God, in your presence there is fullness of joy. There is that peace that surpasses all understanding. There is power forevermore. There is protection and provision and all that we need pertaining to all that we face in this life. So as we prepare to leave this place, may we go in the truth that we now know and the truth that we are not willing to let go of for the promise of pseudo-peace. And may we be able to share this with others and let them know of the hope that we have in you and why we have it. So bless us this day, both now and forevermore, in this house as well as in this lost and dying world that you're now sending us into. May we all have the mind of Christ and the armor of God for our good and for your glory. These things we ask and pray in Jesus' name and all of God's people said together, amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next time.